Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Thank God for the Word. Romans chapter 5. We get into these scriptures. The greatest asset and the greatest life enhancement that you can be involved in is the Word of God. Say that over and over and over and over again. I thank God for the heritage I've got in the, in the gospel sitting under men like Brother Osteen, Brother Hagen, people like that, who so uh, instilled in me a value for the Word and not to depart uh, from its perimeters, the boundaries that it sets, the things. And you know, that has so saved me in ministry. As I've seen every crazy thing that can ever come down the road. I mean, I could tell you some stories and make it. And it's amazing how, 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 how I, asked, I, I asked Brother Hagin one time. I said, how can somebody that's crazy and goofy, how can they draw so many people? He says, people love to come to a circus. <laughs> he always had a way of looking at things, didn't he? Romans chapter 5. Now, we've been digging in Romans chapter 5. Everybody say digging. You say, why are you using that word? Because I don't want you to come to church and get no nuggets. I want you to find the vein. You say, what's the vein? The main vein of revelation in the Word of God that brings life to you and health to your body. You know, just the Word of God brings health to your physical flesh. Amen? Now, we've been looking and studying here. Now, Romans chapter 5 is kind of where we're, 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 we're at, and we'll see why this morning. But now we've used two scriptures to define what we believe as a church is what I would call our correct posture for the end times. I believe the scriptures bear them up, bear it up. And I believe having scripture to kind of like, you know, have to kind of forgive me, I'm kind of old Texas boy, kind of to hang your hat on the word of God. Then you got something sure. Amen. You got something sure. If you don't, let me just say this. All erroneous doctrine, especially in the Pentecostal nation, comes from experience. You say, what do you mean? Many times people will have an experience in the, in the Spirit and they'll think, that's it, that's it, that's it. Then they'll make that experience into a doctrine. Out of that comes much of the, of the hyper-deliverance, hyper-faith, hyper hy all, all this stuff that tends to be real, real sensational. That comes from having an experience and not lining it up with the Word of God. Listen, I've had many experiences in the Spirit that don't line up with the Word and you've never heard one of them. I've never got up here and talked about one of them. You know why? Because they're not doctrine. They're experiences. And every one of them that I had produced something supernaturally in my life, but I can't preach them as doctrine. You say, why? Because they're not, it's not in the Word. Listen, the Holy Ghost has the right to deal with you individually as an individual based on your own faith and give you dreams, experiences, and all kinds of stuff that may be unique to your own walk. But listen, if it ain't chapter and verse, you can't go around telling it. You can't say, well, this is the only thing God's doing. No, you got to stay completely with the Word of God. The Word of God has the power, and the Word of God is the only, is the, how can I say it? It's the only functioning uh, 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 conduit on the earth that releases the Holy Ghost in its ministry form and in its fullness. Amen? Now, here in these two, okay, thank you, Lord. These two scriptures were in 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 13, and 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Let me just read them real quick in the Amplified. It says, so prepare your minds for action. Be completely sober, in spirit, steadfast, self-disciplined, spiritually and mentally alert. Amen? 
God doesn't want you lazy or he doesn't want you, uh, uh, you know, just kind of, he wants you spiritually alert and he wants you strong. Everybody say strong. It says, fix your hope completely on the grace of God that is coming to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Now, we've studied, we've read, we've looked at that scripture. Could you agree with me that a right division of this scripture by the Holy Ghost, he is the teacher, through a ministry gift such as a pastor teacher, do you see in this scripture where we should do what? We should prepare our minds for action. There is an action mindset that should be developing in you different from anything else you've ever been involved in in the kingdom of God. You say, what is an action mindset? Well, you are ready and at the able at any time, at any place to minister to somebody out there in that world. Whether they need healing, whether they need a breakthrough, whether you just need to pray for them to receive Jesus, no matter what it may be, God wants to prepare you supernaturally in these last days for every one of you to fulfill your ministry. You say, what ministry? You are in the ministry of reconciliation. God has put that mandate and that commission upon you as a believer. And you have a ministry in the church. You say, well, what's my ministry in the church? You're fulfilling it right now by sitting there and hearing the Word of God taught. Amen? So, we know that we're supposed to be doing what? We're supposed to be preparing our minds for action. We should remain sober. Don't get under the influence of political, environmental, social. Even, even listen, don't get involved in religious rhetoric. I mean, I don't, I, all that does is confuse. Listen, anything, and I know, I know, we've got people out here, you get on the internet, you see all kinds of stuff, you go and all kinds of things. Anything that causes you to question what you're currently involved in, you might ought to check up on that. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Let me give you a little illustration. Years ago, and now listen, I, lo- I love Benny Hinn. I think he's one of the most anointed healing evangelists of the 90s. I sat on a platform in one of his meetings. But I was also in a meeting where some people had been off to one of his meetings and came back and said, you know, what's going on in Benny Hinn's meeting is not going on in our church. Well, that, those people just lost their sobriety because they weren't at church. <laughs> they were at a healing crusade. They should have figured that out real quick. I'm not at church. I'm at a healing crusade. And so they were willing to defy everything they've ever learned in church because they went to a healing crusade. I told them, listen, I was sitting in the pastor's office. The pastor called me in. I said, isn't it amazing? You've sat in this church. One of them grew up in the church. I said, you've been healed. You've been saved. You've been filled with the Holy Ghost. All this kind of stuff has happened. And God has kept you here. And now all of a sudden, you're saying because it went on in the healing crusade, it's not going on in the church. The church is not of God. See, we have to grow up. Everybody say grow up you got to learn what is the flow of God in my church. What is the flow of God in my church? How many have ever been in my meeting outside the church? Raise your hands. Are you kidding me? Raise your hands up high. Well, that's better. I mean, in, in, another, in another building, in another place, in another, maybe another time, you, you, you've been in my meetings? Aren't they a little different yes. when I'm not in the pulpit here? You know Why? Because I'm called to pastor here. And pastors oversee the flock. I have to maintain, oh, I'd love to come up here and do Holy Ghost rallies, Holy Ghost. But that's not what I'm called to do. I'm called to feed you the Word of God. Day after day, week after week, month after month. And when I go out, buddy, it's, 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 it's take off all the restraints. I'm going to be rusty. But at church, I'm going to be pastor rusty. Amen. 
So we maintain, I, that's how I stay sober. You know how many times at the end of these meetings when the anointing is so strong, I just want to take off and God says, mm-mm. you know why? The spirit of the prophet subject to the prophet. Amen. Now, if the spirit of God moves me that way, I'm going to go that way. Now, notice this. With this sober mind, ready for action, disciplined, spiritually, mentally alert, fix your hope completely. Now, here it is. Grace on the grace. We have to have this grace. I see it. Leah and I are beginning to see it. I talked to you. I talked to Leah last week. I said, sweetie, look at this. I said, it looks like everything we're doing. I had one of the most minor, it would have meant nothing to anybody in this church. It didn't mean nothing to Leah. It meant something to me. And I needed an answer to prayer. And it, meant, it was nothing, nothing. But I had to have it. I had to have it. And I prayed. And I said, Lord, I have to have this. This has to happen. And I'm telling you, within hours, I got a phone call and it happened. And I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, something's different here. He says, yeah. He says, you're beginning like a slow moving tide to move up under that grace where that when you pray, the plowman overtakes the sower. Do you understand that concept? That means when you pray, the process, God already knows if I put you in that process, you'll go through it. But I don't have to put you there now. I'll deliver you out of it right now. Did you know that's what the grace of God is going to do for the church in the last days? When you pray for somebody on that street, they're going to be healed instantaneously. When you minister to somebody in your family, you say, why? There is a grace coming upon the church. Others have seen it. They've seen the legs grow out. They've seen the appendages grow. They've seen the new hearts, the new lungs. They've seen God do supernatural. And I'm talking about not not in, not in, in manifestation, but in vision and in dream, looking toward this day. Some of the most powerful ministers at the end of their life, they wept and they cried they knew they would not see this day and hour. They knew they wouldn't see it. And here we are, right in the middle of it. They say, well, pastor, I thought the churches would be bursting at the seams and every... That's why you can't live by what you think. Amen? So everybody say sober for the grace of God that's coming. Now notice this. Let me read this and we'll get into our message. It says, and the end, the culmination of all things, this is 1 Peter 4, verses 7 and 8, the end and culmination of all things is near. That should be sobering to us. Because we think about, listen, we think about, just like that, you're gone. What do we leave though? What do we leave? We're going to be leaving a place at a time that needs us more than any other time. And because of the, quote, laws of God and the way he implements his sovereignty, there has to be a seven-year period in which a return of Old Testament time comes back upon the earth. And during that time, Jesus said, of those days, there'll never be. Before it, there were never days like it. After it, there'll never be days like that again. So we will leave this earth, and it'll be probably a few months. People will say, I wish those people were back here. I wish, was, I wish that church in that old garden store was there again. Or if we're over on our other, I wish that church over by the, by the justice center was. You know why? Because the grace of God will come off the earth. And we're going to be flowing in such grace that when that grace goes, it's going to be noticeable. The end of, and the culmination of all things is near. Therefore, be sound-minded, self-control for the purpose of prayer. We must pray. 
We must pray. That's why we have so much prayer around here. Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Thursday night, pray, pray. Pastor, I, I don't think it's doing any good. <laughs> it's doing a world of good. It's doing a world of good. When was it? Thursday night, man, a prophetic word came and it began to talk about all these nations we were working. It was talking, it talked about the Dominican Republic and the people we know. It said, it's a good work. It's a good work. The Lord talked about Nicaragua. It said, it's a good work. It's a good work. Cuba and Panama, the Philippines, good work, good work. Ireland, good work, good work. Then the Lord said, an island church, it's a good work. It's a good work. Amen. We've worked hard for 21 years. Man, listen, you say, well, it's just like some little small church on the corner. Honey, you ought to see us in the spirit. We're all over the world preaching the gospel. Signs, wonders, and miracles. We're connected to the most anointed, powerful ministries on the earth. Just come for fall harvest this year. See what three nights of Chris, Al- uh, Chris, Chris Alam used to preaching to 150,000. He's going to come preach to 300 for three nights. What do you think that's going to do as we prepare in prayer and intercession? That's going to unleash the anointing. Amen? We're, hey, for such a time as this, the glorious church. Oh, come on, church. I don't know if you're excited or not. I am real excited. For the purpose of prayer, staying balanced, focused on the things of God so that your communication will be clear, responsible, specific and pleasing to him. Above all, above all, have fervent, unfailing love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. It overlooks unkindness unselfishly and seeks the best for others. Then we got over into Romans 5. Now, this is all of the purpose we sang the song today. Change. Things are changing. They're changing rapidly. They're changing. Today, we woke up this morning, 21 years ago, everything changed. 21 years ago today, everything changed. Everything changed. I'm going to say this, and you may not like it, but everything started going downhill from there. That was an event in the history of our nation and this world that began the downward spiral into the last days. That was it right there. And so much went on behind the scenes. I read a story of the other day. I've never heard this story before. Maybe you can research it. A man sat at his computer screen in one of the two trade uh, 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 towers and he was making on his computer with whatever, I don't know the particulars of what he was doing, he was making a million dollars a minute. And he knew that if he left his computer terminal, he would be, he would be spared, he would live because there was a pathway, let's go. But he stayed at his computer terminal and died at his computer computer terminal and earned millions of dollars for his family. Isn't that amazing? That a man would sit there knowing he was going to die and did that for his family. Amen? That started something in the spirit. That started, something happened in the spirit realm 21 years ago today. You say, how do you know it happened in the spirit? Because for two weeks before that, my heart, it was like I was, I thought, what have I done? Who have I offended? And finally, I figured out through prayer that it wasn't me. I was in Elk River, Minnesota the week before it happened. I was conducting a Sunday through Wednesday meeting. In that meeting, the spirit of God was moving so strong. On the way to the airport, the pastor looked at me and said, Rusty, what is fixing to happen? I said, I don't know, but something is fixing to happen. I was supposed to be in Paris, France, teaching in a conference during that week. And the Lord supernaturally 
supernaturally took us out of that. And when that happened, I knew in my spirit, something has happened in the spirit realm. And you look at what's gone on the earth for the last 20 years, and there has been a deterioration of everything morally, everything that is righteous, everything that is good has been attacked. Yeah, there's been some breakthroughs. There's been, But I'm telling you, we are racing toward those last days. And if we're going to survive as a church, we have to love each other. You that are sitting around, you, these are the people we are called to love. And when we love one another, we cover each other and that covering is an unbreakable cover. If you know something bad about somebody, then let it stop with you. If somebody needs help, let it start with you. Oh, I better be careful of that. Romans, we looked at Abram, Abraham, fully persuaded that what he had promised he was also able to perform. We also saw that Jesus was delivered for our offenses and raised again, uh, raised again for our justification, that the resurrection of the dead is the proof of our sins being remitted. How do you know you're clean? Because Jesus is risen from the dead. How do you know you're pure? Because his blood is fresh on the mercy seat. How do you know you're redeemed? Because Jesus is Lord and I can shout it from the rooftop. I better be careful. We got it in chapter 5. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Remember, we'll get all that next week. Go back uh, Last week, you can go back and listen to last week and that'll help you. It says, verse, verse uh, 3 here, and not only so, but we glory in tribulation. One moaning yes. <laughs> the day you figure this one scripture out is the day you're going to have the greatest breakthroughs of your life. I like what one preacher said years ago. He said, the next great thing, now listen to this, the next great thing that God wants to do in your life, the next great thing that God wants to do in your life lies right behind the thing you said you would never do. Oh, we'll just leave that for what it is. But the Bible says we should what? Glory in tribulation. Amen. Here's why. We glory in tribulation knowing that tribulation puts your patience to work. Your patience going to work is going to give you experience in the kingdom. That experience in the kingdom imparts spiritual hope that maketh not ashamed. Why? Because the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, for today, real quick, how's my time? Oh, I'm over time. This is, this is good though. This won't take but a minute. Go to verse... We're still in Romans chapter 5, and I could not, I could not end it without uh, this. Verse 11, not only so, but we also joy in God. Now, listen, church, if you can't glory in tribulation, can you joy in God? <laughs> if you've not got to the place in your faith where you can joy in tribulation, well, start joying in God. And that'll teach you how to joy in tribulation. You say, what does that mean to joy in God? That means when everything's going right, when everything's going good, when you got money in the bank, when you got health in your body, then you act like you're happy. Yeah. <laughs> you joy in God. We're, what was I telling you yesterday, Brian? We're living the abundant life. 
You say, what were y'all, what were y'all doing yesterday? We were living the abundant life. You say, what's that, what's that like? Come hang around with us sometimes. It was so awesome. We had such a morning. It was so great. It was like out of a dream. We joy in God. We joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom we have now received. Now notice this. Let me, let me, let me hit you real here doctrinally. We have received, now notice the word carefully, the atonement. Now remember, I'm a teacher. That's my primary gift is a teaching gift. This word atonement, most, if you get into the word of faith people, they don't like it. They, they, they say it's a misprint. Uh, some of my spiritual fathers call it a misprint. Well, I, I went to the author and talked to him about it. And you never know, you know, if you really have a question about something written, go to the author and talk to him about it. So I said, okay, Lord, because see, atonement is something unique to the old covenant. The old covenant had atonement. It was a covering sacrifice that covered their sins until Jesus could come and shed his blood. So atonement has always been related to covering. So I got to studying this and I got to looking at another translation. I got to look at the Greek and this is what this says. This is not only so, but we joy, we, 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 we joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ in whom we have received a complete covering of everything we need. So he's not speaking a redemptive word that we got some kind of atonement working in redemption. He's saying, no, everything that God has done through redemption has covered every need of mankind. What do you have a need of? What is your need? What is your need? What is your need? It's been atoned for. There is something that covers it. The blood covers it. The word will cover it. The anointing of the spirit, the gifts of God. There is something that will cover that and some way that God will get you out of that in Jesus' name. Just think what we have, our power sources, the power of the Word of God, the power of the Holy Ghost, the power of the name of Jesus. My goodness, that's the power of the universe. God has entrusted that into your life. You have to use it on a daily basis or you'll lose your joy. You'll lose your perspective. You'll lose your sobriety and you'll end up intoxicated by something else. But now notice this. Now, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. That's very simple to understand that. I know it's King James. It's saying, where you don't have a law, how can you charge somebody with a crime? Amen. I mean, there's no law that says I can't go out on the sidewalk and sneeze. If there was, I could get in trouble for it, but there's not. So he's showing us here, during that period of time, from Adam unto Moses, Sin was there. Sin was there. But now notice this. Notice what it says. Let me find it here. It says, for until, for, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even those that had not sinned in the way in which Adam did, or Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that is to come. Now he's saying this. He says, even though they did not follow Adam into transgressions of breaking the law of God, the mold had already been broken. Amen? The mold had already been tainted and twisted. Now they're on, they're on the law. They're on the law. They're reproducing after their own kind in their fallen state. So they don't, they, they, it really doesn't matter if they sin or not. Sin's in them. The nature of sin is there. The wages of sin is death. Amen. But here's the scripture, our last scripture. It says, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one man, everybody say one man, 
or the offensive one, many be dead. Much more, oh, you are, every time you see a much more in your Bible, there ought, there ought to be so many circles and stars and checks and things around that that you can't even read much more there. You just know it's there because of all the circles and stars and checks. You say, why is that? Much more means... Much more means much more. We'll get there in a minute. Hallelujah. For not as the offense. What was the offense? The sin of Adam. So also is the free gift. What is the free gift? The redemption of God through Jesus Christ. For if through the offense, the sin of Adam, of, of, through the offense of one, many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. Now hold on. Amplified. Let me read this. We got, you got to get this. But the free gift of God is not like the trespass because the gift of grace overwhelms the fall of man. For if many died by one man's trespass, Adam's sin, much more abundantly did God's grace and the gift that came by that grace of one man, Jesus Christ, overflow, overflow, overflow to the benefit of many. Passion Bible. Now there is no comparison between Adam's transgression and the gracious gift that we experience. For the magnitude of the gift outweighs the crime. It is true that many died because of one man's transgression. But how much greater will God's grace and his gracious gift accomplish to the overflowing to many because of what one man, Jesus, the Messiah, did for us? Now, here, let's close with this. This, this, this is where we're getting to. Okay. Living in the last days. All right, all kinds of crazy stuff. All right, here we go. Jesus came over 2,000 years ago, rose from the dead, released that power that, that raised him from the dead, didn't hold it to himself, released it to the earth to live and abide in you. Your human spirit on the inside, if there was any way to measure it, you would see it's not a regular human spirit separated from God. It is a recreated human spirit that is united to God. And with that uniting is that essence of resurrection power in you. You don't have to look for God somewhere. He's in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. So God, through the Holy Ghost and, and Apostle Paul writing to the church at Rome, he's setting this standard. Look at what happened through, through Adam. Look at the fall. Look at what took place. Man was separated from God. Sickness, sin, depravity, war, addictions, every perversion just blew into the human existence, human, human, uh, human family. Amen? Then here comes God. Let's just be honest. Here comes God manifest in the flesh. Amen. And instead of being a warring, mighty, well, come here, take everything off, he was just a baby in a manger, lying there, quiet. And he grew, the Bible says, in grace and in righteousness. And one day in obedience to that which burned in his heart, which was not the fallen spirit of man, but the very spirit of God himself, he went to a river and was baptized in that river, came up out of that river, and the Holy Ghost came on him in full measure. 
And he walked the earth for three and a half years, not as God upon the earth, but as a man in correct relationship to his God. Then he did something which eternity, it's going to take eternity to measure the greatness of what he did when he died on the cross and rose from the dead. But when he did it, he made a way in which there was no way in which all the extreme garbage of the fall is totally eradicated and done away. Now listen to me, by an overcompensation of God. God's grace. Not enough to deliver us, but more than enough. It's all an overflow. It's all an excess. Which means what? No matter what happened to you because of your first birth. I don't care. You're born black, white, Hispanic, Asian. I don't care. You're born male, female. You're born rich, poor. Doesn't matter to me. No matter what has happened to you, what has happened to you in Christ. Now listen to me. It is so much bigger, there's no measurement for it. (laughs) That's why Paul, when he tried to measure it, what did he write in the King James? Not as, so also. Try that with any other subject. (laughs) Try it. Where's my English teachers and my my, my linguists around? Not as, so also is not grammatically correct. You cannot, that's that's a double negative used in the wrong way. But there was no other way. Because Paul was viewing what God had done in Christ. And every time he looked, it got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then he was looking at man's condition. And and it's like, oh man, there's no way to compare it. What God has done for us in Christ is so big. It's so great. It proves our worth. It proves we are valuable to God. I don't care what your government says about you. I don't care what anybody else says about you. You are God's precious jewel upon his earth. You are his son. You are his daughter. He loves you. He cares about you. And he made an overcompensation for you. Not enough, but more than enough to get you out of every situation of pain or discomfort or anything the devil tries to attack you So in the light of understanding that there is a more than enough compensation for us to live out these days in. There's going to be enough money. There's going to be enough healing power. Listen, there's going to be enough favor. And if there need be, there's going to be enough protection and hiding of us to to help us get our job done on the earth before Jesus comes back. We're going to have to be bold as lions. We're going to have to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. We're going to have to walk submitted and humbly before God and respectfully toward one another, covering one another in love and being busy about the Master's business as we go forth out of this place even today into this world that is so full of pain and so full of hurt. It's an awesome day, the day you realize you have it. You say, what do you mean by that? All the world's looking for something. They are. They're looking for it in, you know, here it is in the fall. We've got all the football games going on and all of that and all the fun that it brings and everything else. But in reality, there's not but one thing on this earth that you need to find. His name is Jesus. And when you find him, you have found it. I- I'm so thankful I found it, Dwayne. <laughs> Aren't you? You found it, buddy. You found it. I'll see you in four or five million years when we walk around. Hey, there's hey, Dwayne. You found it, man. That was it, wasn't it? That was it. That was it. What if you lived out your life and were very successful, made all kinds of money, but you didn't find it? You died and you went to a sinner's hell. 
your life would be in vain. Jesus said it like this. What good does it do for a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed, just for a moment. You're here today, you say, Pastor, I'm not living right. I'm not doing right. I need to be right with God this morning. Please pray with me. But let me just say this right now. We're not bringing people to the front. We're not doing that. We're just having people lift their hand and put it down very quickly. I ask everyone to bow their heads in reverence to the Lord. And close their eyes and respect the people around them so they can make a decision. And if you do respond to this altar call, we will we'll pray for you right there where you sit. Everyone will pray with you in a congregational prayer. Say, Pastor, I, I, I don't know anything about all of this. If, if I were to die, I don't know if I'd go to heaven. I don't know if I'm right with God. I don't know anything. Listen, you can know, not just believe, but know. It's so simple. All you have to do is believe. Believe there's a God. Believe that he sent his son Jesus. Believe that he died on a cross. Believe that he rose for you because he did. It's not the facts. It's the truth. It's the truth. Or you may be here and you may not be serving God the way you should. Things have creeped into your life. Amen. They've just creeped into your life. They've drawn you away. They've distracted you. But you just need to get right with God. So if you've never made Jesus the Lord, you just need to get right with God. Raise your hand up. Let me see it. Raise it up. Put it back down. One, two, three, four, five. Anyone else? If you're not raised. Another hand. God bless you. Anyone else? Another hand. That's seven hands. God bless you. Anyone else would raise your hand. Say, please pray with me. Hallelujah. Now, let me say this. Church, everybody can look this way now. We've had seven that have raised their hand. Now, listen. We're going to pray this prayer. Pastor, I prayed it last week. Pray it till you don't have to pray it no more. You'll get there. It might take some time. Amen? Pray it till you don't. But here's how you, here's how you get to the place where you don't have to pray it no more. When we pray it this morning, when we say amen, you settle it. I'm right with God. Heaven's my home. I'm right with God. I'm going to stay right with God. If you'll do that, God will meet you right where you're at. He loves you. Nothing's more valuable to him than you. Amen. Church, stand on your feet if you will. Let's all pray with these that raise their hand. Now, everyone, pray if you will out loud so you hear your own ears. So your own ears hear what your voice is saying. And when we say amen, you settle it in Jesus' name. I'm right with God. I'm going to be right with God. And on your way out, these are friendly people that come to Island Church. On your way out, just tell somebody, I prayed that prayer with that preacher. That's all you have to say. You say, why? Because God wants you to know that he wants you to tell people what's happened to you. Jesus said, confess me before men. I'll confess you before my father. Deny me before men. I'll deny you before my father. You ready, church? Everyone and everyone that lifted their hands, pray with me. Heavenly Father, right now, openly and publicly, I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. I believe that you, God, sent your Son, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, anointed by the Holy Ghost, did signs and wonders and miracles. He died on a cross. He rose from the dead. He did it all for me. I believe it. I receive it and I accept it. Heavenly Father, you know me better than I know myself. You know my weaknesses. You know my inhibitions. You know me. Devil, 
you don't have me. I don't belong to you. Get out of my life in Jesus' name. Jesus, you look at me. September 11th, 2022, I stand at Island Church and I say I am yours and no others. I am born again. Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. I will never be the same. Never, never, never in Jesus' name. Now shout with them, church. Come on, shout with them. Hallelujah. So settle it, amen. Praise God. Father, thank you for today. Now, Lord, (laughs) we never take it for granted that we close every service by your revelation. Years ago, you said to pray, Psalms 91, to declare over the church a week of protection, safety, and blessing. We declare no evil befalls us. No plague comes in our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Whether on the highways, the airways, the seaways, the railways, any other way of travel or transportation, we declare our protection. Father, we also declare in the righteous labor of our hands, labor of our hands, Lord, at our jobs, in our businesses, Father, as we, in our, in our schools, our teachers, our students, we surround Galveston, Galveston County, that where you put us in authority. We surround it with faith and love, and we declare the strategies, the taxi, tactics, and the plans of the devil canceled, canceled in Jesus', Jesus name. Give us a boldness this week, Lord. Many of us are walking into circumstances in hospital rooms and different places in which very intimidating scenes and circumstances are being presented. But oh, there's a greater grace. (laughs) Oh, there's a greater grace, Lord. Lord, that which we're teaching on is manifesting in our church. There's a greater grace on us, Lord. Our message, our faith, our anointing, the power of God in our lives, Lord. Let us leave today. Walk in a week of overwhelming, overwhelming confidence and victory. Let us be a witness to people, a miracle in people's lives, an answer to their prayer and a problem to the devil. We declare it so in Jesus' name. Father, we leave today walking in love towards you. We love you so much for you first loved us. We leave walking in love toward one another. We cover one another in love. We, we vow to walk soberly, circumspectly, to keep right down the middle of the road in word and in spirit. Thank you, Father, for our church. Thank you for what you're doing in us, through us, and for us. We leave today thanking you that we are the ambassadors of Christ. And because of that, we are covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.